Welcome to Beyond the Benediction. This podcast is created for the exploration of the Bible, the examination of the church, and the expectation of the Christian life. We will cover topics that will both challenge and encourage you and help us to live lives dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Kevin Toomer. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Benediction. So glad to have you with me once again. Thank you so much for those who are continued listeners to the podcast. I definitely appreciate your support. And for those of you who are new, welcome. I hope that this podcast uh, gives you something to consider, to think about, and ultimately blesses you and helps you to live a life that's more pleasing in the sight of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, let's go ahead dig into this week's episode, the heart of a Christian. When you hear the word heart, typically what comes to mind is emotions or feelings. When someone uh, has a separation or an ending of a relationship, their heart is broken. So their feelings, there's something in the core of your chest that you feel. Anyone who's ever gone through a breakup or some kind of ending of any kind of relationship, you, you know what it's like to feel heart broken. And typically, again, we feel that we think of feelings, we think of emotions, we think of uh, things that are heartfelt, uh, to use the word heart again. But when we look at the word heart in the scriptures, it means something more significant than just feelings. Now, feelings and emotions are involved. But when we look at the word heart in the scripture, it re- it refers to not just our emotions, but our will, our mind, our consciousness and understanding. In the Bible, in the Old and the New Testament, it refers to basically a person's moral character and determination. So the heart, when we're talking about it from a Christian and a biblical perspective, is the epicenter of knowledge, memory and reflection. And it's also the epicenter of your mind, emotions, opinions, and biasing. When the Bible refers to your heart, it's not just talking about feelings. And we've talked about this in a previous episode that I did. Faith or feelings, who you trust? We understand that our feelings cannot be trusted as a barometer of logic or reason or even our faith because our feelings are fleeting. Our feelings are fickle. So when we're talking about the heart of a Christian, we're not just talking about how a Christian feels. We're talking about how a Christian lives, how a Christian operates. Here's a scripture, Proverbs 27, 19, and it says, As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. So you see in that proverb, it's not talking about just how a person feels. But again, it, it talks about the total summation of how that person operates, how they live, how they interact with people how to handle difficulty, how to handle successes. And as Christians, God has given us our heart for him. But again, if we look at the full totality of the definition, God has expectations on how we should live and what the heart of a Christian should look like or how the heart of a Christian should be handled. So in this episode, we're going to discuss three characteristics we all should know as Christians on the heart, the totality of our being as a Christian. So the first thing we need to understand that as a Christian, a Christian's heart has been changed. 
So remember, we're getting outside of the limited scope of emotions and feelings. Your heart, again, is the epicenter of everything that's about you, your mind, your emotions, your memory, your reflection, your knowledge. So a Christian's heart has been changed. And that sounds simple, but it's profound because if you're a Christian, as the scripture says, that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation, right? So that means that if you're a Christian, you've been born again. Jesus says no one can come to know the kingdom of God unless they're born again. So if you're born again, that means everything about your thoughts, your feelings, your actions have been changed and renewed into something different. By definition, a follower, a disciple of Christ, your heart has been changed. That means that you can't possibly see the world the same way you did before you received Christ. Let me give you a scripture. Matthew chapter 15, verses 17 and 19. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony and slander. So three verses, Jesus, as always, in typical fashion, gives us a lot to ponder. Let's look at verse 18. And it says, the things that come out of your mouth come from the heart. But then verse 19, it says, from the heart come evil thoughts. So it gives credence to what I said earlier, that your heart is comprised of more than just your feelings. Because it says, out of your heart come evil thoughts. Murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are things that are already and innately in us. Again, we are born sinners. So our heart is born a sinful heart. So in case no one ever told you this, (laughs) you and I were born sinners. Our hearts were born evil. Initially, our heart was predisposed to doing evil. That our minds were just totally focused and slanted at doing the things that we want to do. The Bible makes it clear. It says the heart is deceitfully wicked. And who can understand it? So if you're a Christian, your heart has to have been changed. Because we cannot operate in the way that the Lord wants us to operate. Still having the same thought processes. And still having the same biases and prejudices that we have. And the same perspectives. Because remember... Before we became Christian, the Bible makes it clear that we thought that sin was okay. But God is working on us to change those processes. But there has to be an initial change. Think about this. When you and I became a Christian, we had to repent. We had to turn away from sin. We had to change our mind and our viewpoint of how we see sin. We had to start seeing sin. The way that God sees sin. And that's going to be a challenge. We're going to talk about this later on in the episode. But that's a challenge for us as Christians because by nature of us disagreeing with the world, then we're going to be in opposition to the world. Because the world presents this attitude of it doesn't matter. As long as it makes you happy, then it shouldn't be a problem for anyone else. But the Christian's heart has to be changed because the Christian says, It does matter how I conduct myself. It does matter how God sees me. And it does not matter how I feel about it. Because ultimately, 
God is the determination of what's good. He's the barometer or the litmus test, or he sets the standard for what's good. Because we look at the scripture we just read in Matthew 15, it says the things that come out of our mouth come from the heart. Now, that's something that's really deep, because have you really considered the things you may have said to someone or someone may have said to you? There may be someone today that still harbors ill will or has an issue with you because of something you said years ago. And you may not even realize the depth of how significant it was that you said. Or you might be that person that still harbors an issue or a grudge with someone because of something they said. Now, why do you still have a grudge? Because you and I view what people say as coming straight from how they feel, their heart that comes from the core of who they are. And Jesus makes it clear in the scripture because out of a person's mouth, these are things that defile them. These evil thoughts. So as a Christian, our hearts have to be changed in order for God to operate and to use us for his glory. One more scripture. We'll move on to the next point. And this one is really good. I like this scripture. It's a famous one. And I have a different perspective on it than a lot of people do. Psalm 37, verse 4. And it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, most of the time when we hear this scripture, we look at it from the perspective of if I delight in the Lord and trust in him, he will give me what I want. Now, I don't see that scripture that way. What I see in this scripture is if we take delight in the Lord, which basically means to delight in his way, in his will, and and let our will be subservient to his will, then he would not fulfill our desires. He will create our desires. You see the difference? Because let's be honest, we've talked about this in previous episodes. We don't even know what to pray for. Our desires, more times than not, are selfish, are motivated by greed and motivated by pride. And so our desires aren't necessarily things that God wants us to follow or things that God wants us to even have. So God is not going to give us what our heart desires. He's going to create in us new desires. He's going to create a desire for the things that he wants us to have. So the next time you hear someone say this scripture, Psalm 37, 4, give it a different perspective and let them see that it says he will give you the desires of your heart. So that means that he will fill your heart and my heart with the things that he feels we should desire and not just give us what we want. Right. So now a Christian heart has to have been changed. But then secondly, a Christian's heart must be guarded. Now, you may say, wow, it's kind of interesting to guard your heart. How do you guard your heart? Well, We have to do our part in guiding our heart by spending time with God, by reading the scriptures, by fellowshipping with believers, by praying. These are things we have to do to guard our heart. As we just established in the scripture and we read earlier in Matthew, Jesus says that what comes out of a person's mouth is what comes out of the heart. So we need to be sure that we don't let any and everything intrude and invade our hearts, invade our minds. That's why as Christians. We can't indulge in everything the world has to offer. 
You can't watch everything the world says is okay. You can't listen to everything you say the world says is okay to listen to. We have to have discriminating tastes as disciples. In order to, there's a scripture in Psalm 119, and it says that how can a man keep his way pure? By listening to and adhering to the word of God. So by listening to the word of God, by receiving the word of God and living in lockstep with the word of God is a way for us to guard our heart. Because the moment we allow a perspective, an opinion, an emotion to cloud our heart's judgment, that's when we ride into territory of doing things that God will not have us to do. Scripture, Proverbs 4.23, says it really plain and simple. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Wow. So the Bible is saying that we need to guard our heart. You and I have to be very mindful that the enemy is very clever. He knows what things to say to us, to how to get us off track and to open our heart to the wrong people, to the wrong places and the wrong things. There are a lot of people who are Christians who have a viewpoint that is not in line with God's will. But they have this perspective from a noble point of view, their perspective and their heart is in the right place, but they're still errantly on the wrong side of how God will have us to be. So in essence, they end up leaving their heart open for an attack from the enemy. The enemy knows how to infiltrate our lives. He can do so through people. He can do so through circumstances. He can do so through actions. But in every case, he's after our faith, he's after our resolve, and those things reside in our heart. So our heart must be protected and must be guided and must be guarded. We do our part by, again, fellowshipping with believers, by spending time in God's presence and making sure that we pray and ask for help. And why should we pray for help? Because guarding our heart as much as it's our responsibility is not up to our capability. We are responsible for attempting to guard our hearts, but on our own, we're not capable of guarding our hearts. In order to do this, we need God's help. Here's the scripture, Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. And it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And it's the part of emphasis for me. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So in order to guard our hearts, we need to be guarded by God, <laughs> as it were. His peace is something that he will provide that will guard our hearts, as the scriptures say. So in order to have the peace of God, we must be in lockstep with God. If you're looking for God's peace anywhere else but God's presence, you're never going to see God's peace. If you're looking for God to guard your heart, you need to spend time with God. It sounds simple, but if you think about it, we all have moments where we look for God's presence everywhere else but where God is. We look for God's glory everywhere else but where God's glory should be attained. 
So if you and I, as Christians, want to make sure that our hearts are in line with how God would have us to live, we must make sure our heart is guarded. And the only person that can guard our hearts effectively is God himself. Our heart is so valuable and yet at the same time so fragile that only through God himself can our heart be adequately protected against the enemy. Because the enemy is relentless. He's going to stop at nothing to try to get our hearts. Because if he gets our hearts, not only will he have us, but he will have our witness. And if he has our witness, then we are not as effective as we could be for the kingdom of God. So it is paramount for us as Christians to do our part to make sure that our hearts are guarded and protected. And our hearts must be guarded because, and this is the last point for this episode, our hearts must be guarded because a Christian's heart will be challenged. Now, the Christian existence is not one of sunshine and rainbows and just sitting back waiting for the next blessing. It's more than just filled with good times perpetually and every blessing you want is going to be on the way and you're going to always be healthy. You're going to always be wealthy and you're going to always be prosperous and you never going to have any problems. If anyone has ever told you that, I apologize profusely <laughs> because that is not remotely close to what Jesus has promised to the believer. If anything, he's promised us the exact opposite. Do you realize that Jesus says in the scripture that by following him, you are enlisting in a war and some of the members that you will be warring against will be in your own household? That the same people that you love, that you cherish, that you really value, those may be some of the same people that will be opposite from you because of your walk with Christ. So if the core of who we are is our heart, that means that your heart is going to be challenged because people are going to oppose your perspective and think that they're right and call you closed-minded and look at you as if you're the one that's not living up to godly standards. Let me give you a scripture. Matthew chapter 5. Starting at verse 46, this is Jesus speaking again. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are only kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you ought to be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. Now, let me make this one Point clear. When the scripture says perfect, it doesn't mean flawless. That means complete. The word perfect in verse 48 means complete, not flawless. So, of course, we already established none of us would ever be perfect. So now look at what it says. If we're Christians, we are called to be kind to people who may not share our viewpoint, who does not see our faith as authoritative. That's going to challenge you. Because they may say some things that are going to offend you based on how they view Christ. That they're going to have a perspective or a viewpoint that will ruffle your feathers. This is something that a lot of Christians do. If a person has a point of view of your faith that goes against what you believe, we tend to cut them off. We tend to totally disassociate ourselves from that person. But can you imagine? 
if someone, when they first were sharing Christ with us, did that with us? What if someone was not as patient and as long-suffering with you before you came to the knowledge of Christ? What if that person gave up on you and said, I tried to reason with you, I tried to share the gospel with you, and you rebuffed me, you rebuked me, you didn't want to hear it, so I'm going to give up and just, hey, Lord, you handle it. What if that person had that same perspective about us? But we as Christians, our hearts are going to be challenged because God has called us to, like the scripture says, to love people who are not our friends, people who don't look like us, people who don't hang in our same social circles, those who don't have as much financial success as we do, those who have a different viewpoint than we do. So by that nature alone, your heart is going to be challenged because as Christians, we should always strive to do God's will. But God's will will include dealing with the unlikable, the unchurched, and the unaware. So if you're going to be a Christian and you want to have the heart of a Christian, you're going to have to learn how to deal with people who are not Christian and do so, as the scripture says, with gentleness, with meekness and respect. Because the same gentleness and meekness and respect that we afford to others, we should be thankful that not only God affords it to us, but God sent people to us who afforded us that same level of patience. One more scripture. Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 14. It says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people, listen to this, of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Wow. Verse 17 is one that every Christian needs to hear because this is where the challenge for the heart. This is where the rubber meets the road. Because as Christians, I said, people are going to say things that are going to offend you because of your faith. And there I say some people are going to do things that may offend you because of your faith. But look at what it says in verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Now, it's not when it says to do right in the eyes of everyone. It doesn't mean do what everyone says is right, because the consensus, the world may have a viewpoint of right that goes against God. But when it says in here, do what God says is right in front of everyone. You see the difference? Do God's will in front of everyone. Now, when you do God's will, it's not a bragging. It's not being conceited, because chances are, if you're doing God's will, they're not going to look at you as being conceited. They're going to look at you as being crazy. <laughs> They're going to look at you as being someone that's a little bit off kilter, which is fine because as Christians, we're called to be different from the world anyway. So you shouldn't look to try to fit in. Now the scripture says we should try to live at peace, but you can live at peace with people and still disagree with them. And I think that's something I'm going to definitely talk about in another episode. But Again, go back to verse 16. Live in harmony with everyone. 
And even go back up to verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. You don't think that's going to be a challenge to your heart? When the epicenter of who you are, your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts, your mind is going to be challenged because Jesus said people are going to persecute you and I because of our faith. But what it says to do, to bless them, that is absolutely a challenge to your heart. Look at what it says in verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So we have to make sure that our heart is not just dealing with those who are in opposition, but those who are like us, who are going through situations and trials, who are going through similar sufferings that we're going through. We need to partner with them and fellowship with them and rejoice when God is blessing them, but mourn when they're under attack. Be with them, pray with them, walk alongside them. God places you and I in places where hearts are going to be challenged. Now, the question might be, why would God put us in a place for our hearts to be challenged? He puts us in a place for our hearts to be challenged so our hearts can be strengthened. Because as I've talked about in previous episodes, there's nothing about our faith that ever gets stronger without a struggle. We have to go through situations where the opposition seems so insurmountable That God puts us in a place where he has to come through and our faith in him is strengthened. And as such, our hearts are strengthened. So as we wrap up this week's episode, the heart of a Christian, as a point of reiteration, a Christian's heart has been changed because now we're a new creation in Christ. A Christian heart must be guarded because, as the scripture says, Everything we do flows from our heart, and it's the epicenter of who we are and what we are. And then a Christian's heart will be challenged. God has called us to have a pure heart, even around people in places and circumstances that are not pure. But the challenge in this, and the good news about every challenge that God presents to us, is that he never says that we have to go through the challenge alone. Whatever it is we're challenged by, we're going to be accompanied by. God's going to be with us regardless of what challenges we may face, including that of trying to keep and maintain a heart that's pure in the sight of God. Thank you so much for listening. I pray that this episode bless you. And as always, make sure your light shines brightest for the Lord Jesus Christ beyond the benediction. Thank you.